0: Welcome to the What Wild Women Want podcast. I'm Rachel Rose, your personal, certified, feminine awakening coach, energy healer, and intuitive reader. This is a weekly show where women are empowered to unapologetically activate their goddess mode and reclaim their birthright to love, freedom, happiness, and abundance. This is a shrinking violet-free zone, guys. Get ready for raw, open, and absolutely necessary conversations to supercharge your self love journey. I love you. You are worth it. Let's get started. Welcome back to the What Wild Women Want podcast. And I'm your host, Rachel Rose. I have a strange but also necessary question to ask you all today. On a scale from one to 10, how comfortable are you with saying the word no? As a recovered people pleaser, I can confidently say it has become one of my favorite words. I jest, of course, but genuinely building the confidence to say no has been a long process. And just like all things in life, it is an ongoing journey for all of us. Our next guest, however, is the ambassador of boundary setting. Today we have with us the lovely Bushra Haseem, who is a certified NLP practitioner and hypnotherapist. Her remedy for recovering from yes woman syndrome is through self-love and the rewiring of subconscious beliefs. She is on a mission to heal women from self-sabotage so that they can create the life that they just can't wait to wake up to. Welcome, Bushra. Hi, Rachel. So lovely to be here. Hello. Good to have you here. How's everything going in lovely South Africa?
1: It's great. We're having good weather again. We just walked into spring, so looking up for the rest of the year.
0: Nice. Very, very nice. I'm so jealous. We have a bit of sun here, but nothing like over there. So Mm -hmm. I'm just so glad that you're here because I know we've been bouncing ideas about like boundaries and and what that is and I would love if you just like jump straight into it and explain to our listeners how you define a boundary like what is a boundary for you
1: okay so in a simple way a boundary is knowing where you end and where other people begin I think that's the most simplistic way to see it Okay, Um, and a lot of the time we get muddled up with this because growing up, perhaps there were a lot of um, rule structures, if I could use that term, rule structures that sort of uh, pushed us into being perhaps more um, needing to please others or even sheltering ourselves for protection from others, you know, and that sort of disturbed the whole um, concept of knowing where we end and where others begin because we become so affected by people and things around us that our decisions or the way we take action becomes based more on what's happening around us rather than what's happening within us. And that's where we need to start stepping out and start figuring out, okay, you know, what is a me problem and what is a you problem and where the boundary actually is and what a healthy boundary is so that we're not just keeping people out or, you know, just allowing people in, but knowing where to draw the line and what's good for us and what's not good for us when it comes to others.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. I love this explanation. It's just so, I love that. And particularly about, where we start and where someone else begins because the lines just become so blurred right and i think this is where we've all had trouble in setting those um boundary rules and saying actually this is my personal value this is my personal space and saying no to someone else's needs so could you just go into a bit more detail about like different types of boundaries because that's a really broad topic like what if we dive in deeper how can we really um start to define the different types of boundaries
1: Okay, so, so simply put, it's um, like I said earlier, you know, it's, it's sort of when we take action or make decisions from a point that is within us rather than being so affected by what's happening around us. And obviously, we live in the world, you know, it's not that we can completely ignore what is happening around us. And that is the exact reason that we need boundaries is because we need to know um, or um, discern when it's something that we need to sort of deal with, or or it's something that's going to affect us internally, or when it doesn't have to, okay. And um, if I could just give maybe three examples, the way I think it's simply easy to understand is that if you think about a fence, for example, like a flimsy fence, you know that anyone can kick over or jump over or run through and break. You know that that would be an idea of perhaps a weak boundary where you do overextend yourself. There's a lot of people pleasing happening. There's a lot of influence from things around you that you sort of allow into your energy and into your space. So the lines are completely blurred because it's almost like you don't have this protection around you. So it's like anyone's energy and anyone's opinion. Anything you affected by almost anything because it's coming. You allowing it in your space. You know. And then if you look at a wall, like, you know, really like maybe three meter high wall or whatever that's thick and that nothing can get through, you know, that is a really tough boundary because even though it might sound a bit with well, the complete opposite to a fence, you're also so affected by what is happening around you that you need to block it all out. Because if you don't block it all out, you're going to be, finding it difficult to sort of, you know, go through life. And I think with the sort of boundary, it's more a, a protective sort of a boundary where you don't want to get hurt, you are, you know, um, feeling like you're better off alone, you don't trust anybody, you have, you know, that sort of a vibe. So those are like really thick boundaries where you're not even allowing the scope of reality around you into your life so you've shut yourself off from everything and everyone and then perhaps if you look at what a healthy boundary would be it would just be like perhaps a gate and you allow who can enter and who can't enter and people need to ring the doorbell ask for permission can I come inside or you know, no, not now, I'm busy, or come back later, or Mm -hmm. no, I don't want this sort of energy in my space, and I will discern, like, look through the little camera and see who's there, what's happening, and you can decide, (laughs) okay, you know, this is okay or this is not okay, and, you know, is this good for me? It keeps out the bad guys, but I also have the ability to allow people into my space and share with me in a healthy way, you know, so that's how I would sort of categorize you know, trying to discern what is a healthy boundary and what are unhealthy boundaries because they, they work on two extremes. Like I've said, you know, you either have like really flimsy boundaries or really hard boundaries and this the 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 sweet spot, I like that word, um, is the one just in between, you know. And that basically comes down to one thing is that when you have a healthy relationship with yourself, you're able to have healthy boundaries. And when you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself, your boundaries are affected because you are unable to relate with people in a healthy way around you. And that's why you perhaps can't discern where there needs to be a boundary or you just have your walls up all the time. And um, another interesting thing that I'd like to point out is that, um, you know, if like, When we talk about um, the relationship that you have with yourself, and I did mention earlier growing up, these rule structures and these restrictions on this sort of thing, um, they're also like, you know, specific events that happen that could have been traumatic to you or difficult for you to process emotion through. And that also affects your boundary setting because the minute you are in a stress response mode, you will do the first thing you need to do to help yourself or save yourself. And sometimes that could be having no boundaries because you need validation from yeah. other people. And sometimes that could be having extreme boundaries because you need to keep everyone out. So, I mean, those are also things that are that lay deep within us. You know, it's not just as simple as saying, oh, you know, I need to work this out because I feel um like this sounds like me and I just need to be conscious of not doing that you know it does require taking a step back and looking at what it how is this actually affecting me and what is causing me to do this because they're not surface level things so i think that is important mm-hmm. to take note of in the same breath of talking about boundaries
0: i love this i just love how you just pointed out like they're just too extreme so you know someone could see someone letting someone in due to maybe a, a a type of parenting that they'd experienced where if you're loving everyone, if you're overgiving, then that means that, you know, you're, you're someone who cares a lot about people, but when you're overdoing it, you have no boundaries and you become last, then that's also an extreme, you know, that it doesn't necessarily mean that that can, that's a positive, you know, you're still not taking care of yourself and you're operating from an empty cup. And I really love that you pointed that out. Because it's, I think, you know, all of us have had different backgrounds growing up and um, some of us, you know, I know from my experience, it was very much of um, putting myself last, not that anyone told me to, but that was the environment that I grew up in that I put myself last and therefore my boundaries were quite weak as a result. Um, I thought that I had to give and give and give, just like you said, in order to be validated. Um, and then I've had instances where I've done the opposite as well, where I pushed everybody out, and then I was completely isolated. That's also not good for the human being either. Like we're not designed to be on our own either. So striking that balance is, yeah, that sweet spot. As that's at, like our buzzword today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely, I think, key. Is just like you said. And so what about yourself, Bushra? Like, so can you talk to us about your own self-love journey? Because I know you've come a really long way. Could you talk to us about where you started your own um, self-healing when it came to boundaries?
1: Yeah, so just like you said, Rachel, you know, in terms of coming from a background, even though we all come from different backgrounds, I think there's a lot of stuff as women that we can relate to, you know, that is actually similar through a lot of cultures and a lot of, You know, um, that sort of generation of our parents or that sort of time where there were uh, specific rule structures that you had to sort of fit in, you know, into a specific space that sort of defined you as a human being, you know, and they may not, even though they were put there perhaps for our supposed well-being, they probably had other effects on us, you know, that we misinterpreted or it affected us in different ways. And um, just like you, I did experience the same, although I had really very weak boundaries and um, I didn't actually realize it until I had gotten married. And um, it really wasn't the the right choice or decision or, or pay or whatever you want to call it. You know, it was um, a typical marriage where the woman was sort of put down and, there was a role that you had to follow. And um, I didn't perceive myself as that sort of a person. But if I really have to look back, it was me trying to be validated by my culture or my community, because I had dreams and idea ideas. I mean, I traveled, I was teaching English overseas in Istanbul, and I and something took me away and said, you know, you can't have this life. And this is this is where the NLP comes in and the subconscious repatterning comes in. Is I didn't believe I was worthy of having that freedom or having the life that I wanted. You know, it, it didn't, it wasn't self validating for me, and I felt like I needed to. To, to be identified as a woman or accepted, you know, I had to do the usual thing, go home, get married, live your life. You know, that's what it was about. Even though my parents didn't really put that pressure on me, I suppose just in community, as you grow up and you interact with people, that was the sort of vibe that was going on, you know? And, um, I did that and when things turned out horribly bad and I had a baby and then we'd split up and um, I must say something that has come up recently that I I found quite interesting and I think is valuable to share is that it was only after I actually had a child that I understood the value of life, you know, and I mean, this is just me. I'm not saying that everybody goes through this, but I've noticed that with other moms, that are experiencing the same sort of thing I've been through. Um, Because I was wondering about it, like who, which woman would find the value in self-love? I was really thinking about that because as a woman now, I can see the value in it. You see the value in it. But other women, you know, sometimes it's just a bit harder to sort of see the value in themselves enough to, Feel that self-love coming in, you know? And for me, I was exactly the same. And the only point it really hit home after I really dug deep was when I had a child and I now had to be responsible for another life. And I had to actually um, Mm -hmm. you know, nurture and and take care of another human being. You know, obviously, when you give birth and you become a mother, you you go straight into survival mode, you're protecting you keeping safe, you know, your hormones are everywhere. So I'm not talking about that aspect. I'm talking about going into the fact that now that you you see life in front of you and what that actually was for me was to some point the difficulties or the triggers that my kid put in me were actually reflections of my inner child and things that I had to deal with and they stuff that I couldn't wow. see before because an inner child is not something tangible right like yeah we can talk about it yeah we can see it. but when you actually have a child in front of you that's triggering you you know and you know that something needs healing and you can't parent the way your parents did because it's a different time and you know that you know something's got to give you've learned this much so So what do you do, you know? And I figured out that the the value in this self-love is that we don't value ourselves or our lives enough because we don't deeply internally feel that we are worthy of having, Mm -hmm. worthy of loving, worthy of being loved. And somehow in my experience, when a child came into my picture, it showed me that, hang on, your life is valuable. Your life is important. Mm-hmm. So now, now my, if my reason for living at one point was just my child, but did that mean? It meant that my life had purpose to a point where it wasn't just this child's life that was valuable and that needed nurturing. It was my own life that needed nurturing, my own life that meant something. And it's not because now I was a mother. You know, I'm not talking in terms of in that space. You know, it was just realizing that even without a child, I was valuable. Without a child, I I I meant something. And I just needed to awaken that within myself. And I didn't realize it mm-hmm. until I literally saw Basically, if I can describe it, like pulling my inner child out of my head and looking at it as a reflection (laughs) in my own kid, you know. And that's where I needed to start. I needed to start reparenting. I needed to start self-love. I needed to start self-validation. And all of these things to help me be a better woman for myself, Mm -hmm. first and foremost, before being a mother. Because we always get caught into this you know uh, being your, your role as a mother and what I've learned is that you know being a mother isn't a role it's just an expansion of who you already are and yes. you first need to the value in this soul that you are before you can actually expand in it and somehow in my experience my child came and showed me like you are valuable as a woman you know and I just hope that mm. other women are to figure this out before they have kids and they don't need these sort of you know impending things happening to wake up to see that value and how deep self-love goes how deep self-validation goes you know and um yeah I guess different things awaken Mm -hmm. everybody differently so that was that was how I sort of came to that understanding.
0: That's amazing. So many wins and takeaways from what you just said. I was just watching you like, oh my goodness, this is amazing, you know, and um, fortunately listeners out there, you can't see Bushruh right now, but um yeah, her whole aura just lit up speaking about this story. It was really awesome to watch. Um, but you can tell like, this is a really, this has been a really powerful transformation for you. And I'm so glad that you get to share your story because I, I believe, you know, the people that are listening are in this age group where they're either new mums or they're moms already, or they're planning to be mums, And it's just so critical. Like, let's not you know, take that backward step into the old paradigm of, you know, well, as women, we're only here for, you know, to care for our families, etc. We're also individuals. We're also here to be free, to love ourselves, to find joy in things. Um, so I, I love that you shared this story. And one thing I wanted to talk about is subconscious beliefs, because I know that is such a hot thing in what you focus on in your niche. So talk to us about the tools that you offer your clients, the tools that you use on yourself to help eliminate those um, subconscious beliefs? I want to actually say rewire because, you know, we can't vanish them, right? We're rewiring to make them something different. So what are the tools that you use for that?
1: hundred percent. So basically um, rewiring is just like you said, it's not that we're banishing anything. It's just that if you think about If I can give you a a little example, it's like, just say a system is running, you know, and all of a sudden you find out a more efficient way to do it. So you start doing it the more efficient way. And that's what rewiring is. It's, you know, a subconscious belief that you hold that's probably limiting is, you know, at the end of the day, your subconscious wants to serve you and it always wants to protect you. And what we want to do is we want to move out of survive and start to thrive because we build limiting beliefs simply to protect us and not realizing that over time that limits our growth and we can't expand out of these limiting beliefs. So where they started off being um, protective and helping us in situations that we found difficult, if we don't outgrow them to basically upgrade our systems, they hold us back and we start sabotaging ourselves. So the same thing that protected you once is now hindering you in the future. So um, rewiring is simply giving your brain a new pathway to take action in an expansive way, in a way that is healthy, in a way that is better for you, so that you can grow and say that, hang on, there is another way, there is a more effective way, there is a more beneficial way to get the same um, and better um, effect or whatever it is I want out of doing what I'm doing, you know? So I can still be protecting myself by saying no nicely and walking away as opposed to locking myself up in my room and not talking to anybody, you know, it's serving that same positive intention in a way that is beneficial. Okay. So, you know, um, so the tools that we use are very, um, they work with your conscious mind and subconscious mind that's NLP usually. So we do sessions in terms of practical techniques that we use to bring to the conscious mind and gain clarity on what it is that we are feeling and how would we better, um, how to better deal with how we're feeling to get a better end result and change that subconscious patterning. And obviously it takes work, it takes action on your part, you know, but as soon as the clarity kicks in, it's easier to take action because now you're aware of what you haven't been aware of before. So it's great for self-awareness, which in turn helps you expand your mindset, expand your understanding of self so that you're able to take action in um, embracing yourself and working towards your growth and things that will benefit you. And my other really great tool that I love um, is the hypnotherapy because hypnotherapy um, sort of uh, reaches your subconscious mind uh, faster And more easily, because we work with the theta brainwave. And, um, you know, I've gotten some great results from some of my clients in terms of the inner child healing. And if I could just share a story quickly, Rachel. Go for it. I did an inner child hypno with a client and she listened to it again before she went to bed and she fell asleep with it in. And she woke up the next day and she called me and she said, you know, I I fell asleep twice during this um, hypno and she sort of was unsure if that was okay. But anyways, she did it again and she said she had a dream. And in her dream, it was almost like she went from the hypno into another hypno of her own. Her subconscious created another sort of self-healing dream and it was basically about her meeting different parts of herself and she could only leave the space until she embraced all sides of herself, which I found so amazing because it was like just proof that your brain knows how to heal itself. Your brain has all the answers. You know, you just need the tools and the keys and the clarity to get to reach your subconscious because your subconscious holds the keys to everything that you as an individual need. There's no problem that there's no solution for because if, they, if the same brain created the problem, the, the same brain has the solution. So I don't even prompt her into this, the dream or the, the 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 second script. That was all her subconscious creating it for her. It knew this is what you need to do to heal yourself. And it was just sort of a transition from the dream state I put her in with the hypno and she sort of, her brain or her subconscious led her into a deeper you know, dream state that knew exactly what she needed, which I found so amazing because, I mean, that is self-healing in itself, right? So, yeah, that's basically what we do with subconscious and basically raising self-awareness and understanding of self so that you know how to help yourself moving forward and recharge in a way that is beneficial.
0: That story, it just gave me goosebumps, honestly. Like, that's is- fascinating. That's the kind of spooky stuff I love. And it's just so fascinating. You're completely right. Like the brain can heal itself. It has the intelligence, you know, we just have to do the work, you know, that comes from us, you know, seeing someone like yourself and really, um, you know, accepting and being aware that we are in this particular journey and we need to help heal ourselves and help get back to our original state. So I would love you know speaking of tools like now that we're on the topic please 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 tell our listeners about your toolkit that you have up your sleeve
1: okay awesome so I created a self-love toolkit and um, basically it's just practical um, exercises for you to go through these 10 workbooks in the toolkit and each one of them is a different self-love practice that you can implement you can schedule it for the year so you have your everyday self-love practices for the year and however you want to mix and match. And it's made easy simply because we underestimate, you know, what goes into this. It the the key ingredient of any practice to make it beneficial is just being conscious and setting intention. And once you have those key ingredients, you could be doing practically anything and you'd be able to help yourself because your intention and your consciousness is there. So with this toolkit, it's, it's not about, you know, taking two hours off in the day to practice self-love and help yourself and it takes all this time. No, it's just about allowing yourself to structure beneficial practices that are good for you. So, you know, a lot of people sometimes think like self-love is just like, oh, I'm going to the spa to just like relax and I'm going on a shopping spree. And well, all of those things are awesome and great and I don't say they're not um, self-love practices and in essence, in essence, they are in some way. But there's more to it than that. Self-love is doing things that are beneficial for you, beneficial for your growth, bringing into your life things that uplift you, you know. And part of Mm self-love is calling yourself out on your BS and saying, hey, I need to change that and I need to work on this and I need to restart to this. It's not about ignoring, you know, the things that are going on and saying I love myself, so I'm just going to ignore this (laughs) now. It doesn't work like that, okay? So. That's basically what the toolkit is. It's just uh, a lot of workbooks put together to f- to give you, you know, practical, um, efficient, and impactful self love practices for you to mix and match and create your own self love practice that is easy for you to follow through and be consistent with, consistent with. Because, as we know, every result comes with repetition and consistency, right?
0: oh my gosh, Bushra, like this workbook, I kind of want the toolkit myself, to be honest. I want a copy of the toolkit. And, you know, I know you've got 10 of them in there. So could you tell us which one is your favorite and why?
1: Okay, so my
0: favorite one is
1: the self-concept one. And that's simply because I took out um, a big chunk of the way I run my coaching program. Or the way I coach my clients is because it's a nice way to understand that you know the the way you see yourself and what you believe about yourself and how you feel about yourself really sets the tone for your life experiences, how you take action, how you make decisions, and to really debunk that because once you start, you need to be self-aware to move from any point to move from A to B. You need to understand where you are right now and where it is that you want to go. So the whole toolkit is basically um, the whole point is to raise your self-concept. So you first start off by debunking where it is that you are and where you want to be, you know, and um, then you use all of the tools in there, the the toolkit and every, I mean, the workbooks in the toolkit to help you raise that self-concept and really up-level how you see yourself and what you believe about yourself. So I really feel like that is my favorite one, simply because it is the binding glue of everything in the toolkit. So I really love that. And I think it's really useful and helpful for anyone to have that self-awareness.
0: I love that. Oh my goodness. So first of all, where can we find you on the social medias? And where can we find this toolkit as well? Two questions in one.
1: Okay, awesome. So you can get me on at awaken.coaching on Instagram. And um my toolkit, if you just click the link in my bio, there's a page that says there's a link that says self-love toolkit. And if you click on there, you can get straight to the page and you can buy your toolkit from that page. And yeah, I'm more active on Instagram than any other platform. So if you guys want to check that out, and I have a second account for mom self-love for mom. So if you are mommy and you want to learn more, then guys can hop on there too.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I'm going to stalk you on there as well in that case. Okay. And what about a little tip for our listeners? Can you give us the title of a book that really helped you on your self-love journey?
1: Okay, so I'm, I'm someone that finds it really hard to read um, nonfiction books, you know, uh, but I'm a very abstract person. So t- my book that really helped me on my self-awareness journey that led to the self-love was The Alchemist. Um, I, I you know, I feel like you can read that book at different stages of your life and it will reveal to you different messages, and you're just like, Whoa, you know, now I understand something about myself better, and you 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 feel that that sort of love in your heart and who you're becoming and your whole life experience, and it just starts growing and it answers so many things that are always answered differently at every different point. So that for me was a book that really Shed a lot, a lot of light on a lot of things
0: within myself. You know what? I've heard so many people talk about this book, like, and I don't know. Have I? I think I've read it. Different. And that is all we have time for for today, guys. If you love this episode, take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and Facebook stories. I am at the Healing Rose Holistics feel free to send me a DM. Love you. Let me know what you liked about this episode and let me know what you want to see more of. Have a good one.